everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Televoid. I'm one of your hosts, Mara Kate Elliott, and I'm joined... Christy is a newly sober mom who is put to test when her mother, Bonnie, comes back into her life to try and work things out between them. That was actually the episode, uh, the series synopsis for CBS's Mom, a Chuck Lorre show that is 2,000 times better than Big Bang Theory. It's a great show, and everyone should watch it. I'm doing plugs early. Fuck hey, LaToya. <laughs> we are joined this week by returning guests, Lauren Mitchell. Hey, Lauren. Well, the quote from this episode that I chose to summarize my feelings on the episode is just Leonard throwing up into the toilet. <laughs> is that a quote? So much is just an onomatopoeia, but I'll take yeah. it. <laughs> well... <laughs> I'm definitely forgetting <laughs> what folks mean for this episode because we're just dumb. We're we're dumb losers. We're not so, nerds. If you can't tell by that, uh, we're about to devolve into nonsense. If you, you can't watched... tell by that, you're an idiot. Yeah. Can you both say We watched The Big Bang Theory season three, episode two, The Jiminy Conjecture, which is uh, okay. I mean, there's probably definitely worse episodes of the show for sure, but yes. this is to me like the epitome of like the show devolving into what it became. I mean, it was already kind of bad to start. It was always bad to start. Yeah, yeah. but it got, like, crazy bad. I don't, I don't know. understand I, I agree. you guys. I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> I love it with all my heart. Um, so, so I, I don't even really know where to start. I guess we should go into this by saying, me and Lauren originally met because we both liked this dumb show and have terrible opinions on shows, I guess. <laughs> so all the way around. <laughs> You really do. I mean, the thing is, like we were discussing before, it's kind of like a blank slate of a show to me. Like, it's almost like there are just four, like, cardboard cutout dolls, and they happen to be a TV show. You say that like it's a good thing. I know it's not a good thing, but it makes it so that you can put a lot of your own, like, interest into the characters, so, like, if you like certain things about them, they become a lot more... It's, it's a very, like, self-reflective show. It makes people feel smart for watching it. Even though it's not very smart, but it just makes people feel... Because they're using big words non-stop, so it feels like, oh, I understand what they're saying, even though I don't, because of the cadence of the joke, and it feels like I understood it, even though I don't. And the, so audience, I feel like... the audience are laughing, so you know you're supposed to laugh. Laughing so hard. That's this episode. There, I mean, like we—it's weird because I actually did laugh a couple times, even though I absolutely hated watching it again because it just like brought me down the terrible memory lane. Well, um, my mom laughed once, and me and my brother judged her mercilessly, so that was great. Oh, see, I I laughed once or twice. I think there was a couple. And again, okay, I'll go into this by saying I'm a huge fan of Jim Parsons. I used to be like head over heels in love with the whole concept of the show and him in general, and I still, I will still, I wouldn't say like fired. <laughs> I wouldn't, like, go to bat for him, but I do... He is, like, super charismatic to me. I know he's not, a, like, a great character. He's a piece of shit, usually. But, like, he really knows how to sell a character who, I think, betrayed by anybody else would be relentlessly abysmal. I think he is still definitely I think terrible. he is relentlessly abysmal. No, but I, like, I think if he... I have, obviously, I haven't watched in a whole season, because, like I was saying before this, I've watched every episode but the previous season, basically. Right. And, like, again... This character is like super, super Asperger's, but they won't say it because that boxes them in too much. And I, I, I was wondering, like, no, he's not Asperger's. He's a goddamn sociopath. And he's a he's a real, real, real jerk. 
And he oh is in this gosh. episode. He, he's he's a, a bad person. Yeah, you're gonna is, get and, you're gonna get so much hate mail from the fandom at the moment because where fandom kind of stands now is that it's all about Sheldon and Amy, and it's just the Sheldon and Amy show, which of course she's not even in this episode. She's not in the show yet. Yeah, for the episode we're discussing, episode. but yeah, yeah. Oh, like, I was just called an ape like three days ago for hating on Scream the TV series. Well, so Jesus I mean, Christ. I. <laughs> You, you, more. You know, I, I've had lots of cyber abuse, so yeah. I feel like I can handle it from the Big Bang Theory fandom. <laughs> Send all hate mail to me. And I'll pile it in with my lost girl hate mail for hating on Lauren for being a robot. So. <laughs> well, I, well, I will say that, like, at least I can kind of go hard for this. Like, I, I think that if people kind of come at me about this show, I did fall off of it for a long time, but I was a huge fan of this show, and I, I think I could at least go to bat for if someone tries to be like. You're speaking from a place you don't understand the concept of the show. I watched the show, albeit only for five seasons. I watched it, like, obsessively. I watched... It It really didn't break until, like, season... Around the season, to be honest. At the middle of season two is when it really broke wide. And that's when I started watching it. I think it was 2.11 is where everybody pretty much got indoctrinated into the show, which was the uh, Christmas episode where Sheldon first hugs Penny, which is, like, a huge deal for the show... And it became like this and phenomenon. The fandom in general. It was a huge deal for the fandom. Such, I'm sorry. No. As an, outside, as an outside observer, it was I mean, a huge no, deal for the no, fandom. No, don't get me wrong. Say- don't get me wrong. I agree with you that it was definitely like a big deal for the fandom more so, but that's when the show got popular, it is when that happened. Because that was like the first time I was seeing. That's when I first heard about it, and it's also the first time it became like a net. Because by the time season three rolled, because that was season two, by the time season three rolled around. It was, like, getting Emmy nominations. It became, like, this... Min- I mean, this show is, like, it's almost unstoppable at this point. These people are making as much money as people from Friends are, and that's almost unheard yeah. of on today's TV. So when I say that it got popular, I mean it, like, literally got popular, as in it went mainstream. I don't think it's popular in, like, the critical world. I don't think it's popular in, like... But at the same time, it was on CBS, so it was already exactly. in the mainstream. It was, always, it was always a mainstream show. I did Usually, I mean, for a show that got, like, cut short in the first season because of the writer's strike... It it um you know came back strong and then people really like like fell in love with it towards the end of end and then the beginning of season two into three which is right where this episode falls but I think that's where the show kind of veers off to being straight like I don't even know like good old boy comedy and I it was already that way don't get me wrong but that's it just I think it just became more clear it was nothing was ever going to change it was going to become just basically a 60s sitcom, but in modern times. I mean, this episode has Howard saying how they want to prey on six princesses. Like, this is season three, so... Exactly. And Howard is terrible always. Well, yeah, he is terrible always, but he's still a main character, so that's indicative of the series. Oh, man. Oh, the characters on this show, okay, well... Are garbage. They are garbage. So Again, everyone watch Mom... It's like watching a one-act play on CBS. It's it's phenomenal. I remember hearing it coming out and thinking, like, what is uh, Alice and Jenny doing on a Chuck Lorre show? But I guess that kind of answers it, like, well, she's doing very well. It's very good, and it's it's basically kind of like, I don't think Chuck Lorre is that involved. It's like uh, Seth MacFarlane on on American Dad or even Blunt Talk coming up. It's Mm -hmm. like, he's not really involved, just he's an executive producer. That's interesting. So, So this show, I mean... I, I wanted to get into a tiny bit of the history, just because I think that we're going to probably get people saying, why didn't you do a later season episode? 
Just because, to be honest, I don't want to watch a later season episode. Later season episode of the show. <laughs> okay. It was already I garbage. Those episodes. It was already garbage by now, so we might as well watch a garbage episode from the time when I was watching it. So I figure because I don't want. I mean, I don't want to. Re- oh. I I know the perfect uh, later season episode we could have watched, and I have said that we didn't watch it instead. Which one? Uh, which which we one? Where Lord you know, Sh- <laughs> Sheldon keeps being racist towards Regina King. Oh God! Oh, Regina King. Oh, what the fuck is Regina King doing on this show? I mean, paycheck, but still. I mean, Regina King can do whatever the fuck she wants. I know, I know, but it's. But yeah, this is like fresh off of Southland, so it made me like doubly oh, angry. Oh God! Really. Yeah, there's a- also everyone watched Southland. Oh, yeah. Phenomenal show. There's a Phenomenal there's show. another episode that's also like infamously bad. I mean, it's weird because it's hard to pick a bad episode of a show that was primarily bad. Um, because usually it's the other way around. I, I would end up finding, like, a redeeming plot in a season of, like, triteness. Because I, even though I watched for, like, five seasons, it was still a lot of, like, plots. There was always, like, usually two to three plots. There's always at least one plot you could find that you might not still like it, but it was a little bit better than the other two garbage plots. Um, and, uh, I think there's, like, a, isn't it the Elijah Dushku episode later on? Like, that's a crazy episode. And then there's another episode with, um, got any of this stuff with Raj's sister is appalling. Soup's racist. Oh my god. Some of the shit that goes down. Not even just, it was like racist, it was sexist, it was like. Soup's is. Uh, there's constantly like a bunch of homophobia going on. It's, it's infuriating. It so, is an there- amazingly, amazingly problematic show, which is why I don't <laughs> understand why I'm still watching it. What's wrong with you? Like and like, <sighs> I, like, I genuinely do, and it's just. Um, I think I've got a lot of uh, nostalgia surrounding it because how I came to Big Bang Theory was I uh, marathoned the first three seasons just before season four came out just after I got out of um, hospital. I was in hospital with depression for a month and I was feeling really shit still after that and I was just like I was sitting around at home not doing a lot except watching a lot of television and... um, that just, like, the show just, like, really made me laugh a whole Aww. lot, even with the horribleness. So I'm well, kind of really attached to it in that sense. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. Almost, I, 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 get, I get what you mean, though, because it is, like, it's like cotton candy. It's not really, like, something you'd want to eat every day, but it's when you're fluffy. in the mood for it, fuck, it's delicious. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's exactly what I'm, like, I... I, I don't like, like cotton show. candy. <laughs> Let's say I'm down. Oh Jesus! But so, but like this show to me, like when it's good, it was really good. And I don't mean like like quality good. I just mean like classic TV cheese good. Like it is as close as we have. I think we discovered this in one of our other episodes we were doing with the stacked. I believe this is the closest we have to the the traditional sitcom paradigm that exists on modern TV. Like having the one one plot through an entire episode, like one core like concept for a show. Like it's usually pretty hard to do a very very basic trimmed down sitcom in modern times because in general it's just not usually that appealing to people. I don't. I still don't only like. I still don't completely understand why it's such a popular show because I mean, it's on it's, CBS. That's true. Because and I mean, the only person of interest isn't that popular is because it's too smart. <laughs> Like, after the first season, like, oh, no, this is not the show you expected. It's, it's too smart. And, Same with Good Life, I, basically. Yeah, and I, I think that there's, it's obviously like the mass appeal of, of the demo, and it, it helps out, but it's 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 very interesting, and it's a very classic, like, you know, girl meets guys who are so smart, and it's, like, amazed by Women it. are dumb, so, Maura. Women are you dumb, guys, this. yeah, I know that. 
But so, so, I knew that firsthand. Um, so, it's, it's, I, I think it's at a place where it kind of, it, it hits baby boomers in the sense that they are reminded of shows they watched all their lives. But it also brings in, like, the nerdy element, which, if you're not paying attention, like, I will get people, to this day, first of all, I feel bad, because when I first watched this show, I was younger, and I was... I... So this was, like, last year? <laughs> oh! Yeah, God but... damn it. No. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I was, like, 24. I was really young. Uh, but no, I, I was much younger, and I, I think I, I was kind of, um... I proselytized it a little bit, which um, I should probably be more ashamed of, but I was young and I made mistakes. And uh, I still get people who come up to me and be like, oh, have you been watching Big Bang Theory? Because I was so in love on with your, on your shows that you love so much so easily. I do. I do and I rage because I'm so hard. And everyone else so watches much. them so much longer than you piece of shit. Teen Wolf, the show. <laughs> um, so anyway, so I do this a lot, but especially with this show because I like people like really latched onto this one, especially compared to other shows, because it is very mainstream, and it, it, I think, like, people who I got to watch this show would have ended up watching it anyway, so they felt like I was super cool, because I just got them in on a show that became, like, literally the most popular show on TV, so I'm like, wow, I, I really, because like I said, this was not that big a show when it first started. It had, it had legs, because it was on CBS, and it was, you know, relatively mainstream, but... In, in in the bigger picture, it was not a huge, huge, huge show when it started off. Um, it was closer to, like, a rules of engagement, which, again, ended up being semi-large, but not compared to... Oh, yeah, you're, you're the one person who watched rules of engagement. I always... Forget. I was not! I don't put that evil on me. Latoya, I was not. I just knew... I knew about it because it would show promos the same time that this show started. So I always to get them confused with stacked all three of these shows. Which could not be less, like... It was just a bunch of friends and a blonde person, but that's, that's a lot of those <laughs> I wasn't paying attention, but that's basically... <laughs> David Spade's one of the blonde people, so I really wasn't paying attention. Oh, uh, yeah. So, anyway, there's a, so... There's a slight difference between David Spade and Kaylee Cuoco, I think we... A, a slight a difference. A couple bit. inches. I mean, couple he's, inches he's a better actor, I'll give him that. Mmm. <laughs> Rough mm. stuff. Yeah. So... <laughs> Watch that last season of Charmed and try to tell me that Katie Coco is a better actor than anyone. Oh, I, I've, I've never even seen it because I didn't want to put that that on myself. I don't want to deal with her. Um, so <laughs> I, I won't go. I will not go to back for Kelly Coco. I do. I do enjoy her, but no way. She so. wasn't even a good actor when she was pretending to be Henry Cavill's girlfriend. So oh, nailed it. Boom. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> But anyway, so, I, I will, I always do say, like, unapologetically, un, un I think that Jim Parsons is the only redeeming factor on the show. And I know that makes me sound like a real piece of shit, but... <laughs> oh my god, you, you that escalated quickly. I don't think that's... <laughs> the show, but... I don't think that's true, but then my favorite character is a minor character, and I actually have a rant about that that relates... Not a rant, a complaint about that that relates... <laughs> you said rant, and we're doing rants. Oh, oh my god. Look, Dude, he got into the okay, fucking episode. Look, yeah. look, the episode opens in the comic book store and Stuart's not there. So, what the so fuck? So tangentially, that's your rant. What the fuck? I love Stuart. Oh. I'm sorry. I oh, love yeah. Stuart. Terrible. And he wasn't there and it just <laughs> ruined funny. everything for me. Yeah. Um. But so, yeah. So, so let's try and move on from everything. Just essentially, we have a storied history with the show. I'm kind of ashamed of it, but we're going to have to move on because that's what professionals do. Please don't hate us after listening to this, because it's only going to get worse. Um, so, so basically, uh, I mean, this episode is 
like we said before, oh, yeah, we haven't spoken about the episode. <laughs> no, it's irrelevant. As if most episodes of this stupid show. But uh, <laughs> it is. It is. I mean, normally when I say nothing happened, it's all that bullshit Mara thing, and nothing, nothing. I mean, things did happen, but it's gonna be one of those episodes where that's why I'm it's a cricket. <laughs> we're gonna it's... do a little bit of pre-show here because of basically nothing of major consequence went on. So there's gonna be like two minutes of plot, which is like, like in a regular usually, episode of Big Bang. Theory. Usually with Big Bang, we have an A plot and a B plot because don't just call it Big Bang. Let's not go to that. I know, but, but oh god. Which one is which? Because they're both so stupid. I don't they're know. Like, like, break see, don't based know. on like just the, the setup, technically uh, the Penny and Leonard plot is the A plot, but because of but time spent, becomes, that damn yeah, cricket becomes, plot is the A plot. Why, why did that cricket walk? Oh, I have so many. I remember watching this line and be like, Really? Lewis Black agreed to do this? But, okay. I mean, I'm not even a, a huge Lewis Black fan, but Jesus Christ. He, he could have... I don't understand it at all. Anyway, so, uh, the episode opens up on the comic book store. Um, I, I, sadly, I didn't take notes for this episode, because I remember most of it, and that's an- another terrible thing. It's <laughs> very to, like, short. It's a shame I need to carry. You know. They're arguing about Wolverine and how he originally started out with bone claws instead of um, adamantium, and I mean, it's it's the kind of stuff like the, the reason why I brought up earlier. I wanted to say a little bit about how it's such a mainstream show now is because these are the types of jokes. Like I will sit here and watch my parents watch this who still watch this regularly, um, and they'll crack up at shit like that, and they don't give a fuck about Wolverine. Yeah, people are laughing. Like, they're saying big words that no one understands, so that's like, ah, it's so funny, basically. It's so weird, because I just, going back and watching it, like, I never really was, like, laughing at those jokes. I actually just more, I left more at deliveries. Like, I, there's a lot of good physical stuff yeah. that Jim Parsons the can do. The guys sniping at each other is funny. Like, it doesn't matter what they're sniping at each other about. It's just, just, it's funny that they're doing it. Charlie Brown's teacher, yeah, exactly. Each, like stepping each other, and it's basically and it it's, it's it's white noise. <laughs> Wait, I know you didn't mean it that way, but I love imagining this show is white noise, the TV show. It really is. It is. But uh, so so God, it's so good. Um, but so you're welcome. <laughs> thank you, Latoya. Um, but it's it's basically. There's a reason why Jim Parsons has gone on to do some Broadway since this. It's very much like a live theatrical piece, even though it's just a sitcom. Like, a lot of the jokes are 100% based on... Well, I need you to watch Mom immediately. Okay, I want to now. Well, Jenny, with Jenny there... You're going to be fascinated by it, honestly. I... I mean, I enjoy it, but like, I'm just really impressed I'll, by it. I'll never, I'll never cease being impressed by Janny mm-hmm. or Ferris, to be honest. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. And uh, Vanderwerf, he wrote, I think, I have a piece on Fox about uh, why Mom's such a good show, oh, too. Well, I will link to that. So, but so, but essentially, this this could be they they're they're talking about Wolverine, and there's there's obviously like you know you know me to you know me to be a smart man, whatever. Uh, so I would know if I was wrong. All that kind of bullshit, Sheldon, like um, posturing. And Except Sheldon was right, technically. No, and in the, in, in the 90s is when they introduced into canon that he did have adamantium, I mean, uh, bone claws. How do you that know way. that, though, Toya? You're a yeah. girl. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, because the whole thing was that Magneto was going to try to kill Wolverine by removing the adamantium from his body, but when he did that, he still had the bone claws and everything. Mm-hmm. 
And that's, I mean, to me, I thought that was kind of a fairly, that, they went over that shit in the movies, didn't they? It's not even that yeah. un... But the movie, uh, I guess, uh, this would have been around the time of the movie, actually, yeah. Because the Big Bang started in 2007, the movie was 2009? Uh, yeah. what, I mean, yeah, whatever. So, either way... Yeah, so this season would have been, like, around that time, though. But it's just, but, uh, like I said before, it's, it's that's so... That's why they talked about it's it, It's so interesting to watch this show with people who don't understand, like, like, what you just said, all the stuff about the comics... It benefits you to know that if you want to find humor in these jokes, I guess, even though they're not even that funny. You yes, could, you could, I, mean, I listen, find it less funny because I know what they're talking about. The, the thing about this this show is that like what they're what they're saying here is practically irrelevant to a show that actually makes humorous jokes about comics, even stuff like that is a lot more broadly appealing in in some respects, like a Key and Peel or like Broad City or. Uh, Kroll show. Those are shows that don't like address comics directly. Well, I wouldn't say broadly appealing, just because. Well, not broadly by critically acclaimed. Comedy is yeah. more, and yeah. I should so critically acclaimed, I should say. But yeah. or even fuck, even like SNL, I'm sure. Like when they address comics, they usually do so with a little more aplomb. Even though this show is more, if you asked about a comic book show or a show that's about comic books, I guarantee everyone's going to say this show, and they do definitely get into it. But, like, a lot of times the jokes they're making are, are like, you'll hit one decent joke every, like, season, maybe, on comics. <laughs> I'm being a little bit, you know, facetious, but, like, it, it's really not, for a show that's so, like, dredging through all of geek culture, it really doesn't do an amazing job of portraying real geeks that way. And I speak from experience, because I'm literally the geeks that they're trying to portray. I'm not, like, a physicist or anything, but, like... Well, then you're not the geek's property. You're not a physicist. You're not a man. Get out of here. <laughs> but, like, for a person who was, like, in the fandom for this dumb fucking show, like... But also, you don't understand what it's like so, for a but man. So I, I say that because I just want to... I want to be clear that, like, a lot of this episode does get into, like, using Latin and then talking about, like, hydrocarbons and... It's just irrelevant. Like, they might get there. They have a science guy who checks us all their stupid fucking science. But it's just, it really, it, it's as if you're, it's like writing jokes in French. You could probably find something funny to say based on delivery, and you wouldn't understand a single fucking word, and it's still hilarious. Because if you're a good physical comedian, you can make something funny whether or not you understand what they're saying or not. Because, fuck, that's what silent film was all about. And I'm not trying to act Laura, like. Could you please tell us about Silent Film? Like, just go into detail about your. Take a expertise. chair, children. But no, uh, so I, I think it is. I think it's kind of like. A, um, I'm not again. I don't want to compare this show to like <laughs> classic silent film or Jim Parsons <laughs> and Charlie Chaplin. But I just oh, think. Oh God! <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> and I, 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 okay, the thing is, I'm not trying to like get up his ass. I just think that in general. <laughs> You're already I, there. <laughs> yeah, I'm already here. Um, no, it's in general, it's important to understand why a show like this succeeds is because of the success of actors on their own. It almost feels like the writing itself is almost secondary half the time. Like, they don't even. That's the reason why this show is so brought, uh, universally palatable is because you don't have to understand science, you don't have to understand nerds, all you need to do is be able to laugh at one of those two people, either you find them funny or you find them stupid, and you can laugh at them. That's kind of the equivalent. You're either going to commiserate or pity, and you're going to laugh at them one way or the other. And that's the kind of the, the gist of this entire scene, and uh, even like most of the episode, like the Leonard and Penny plot we'll get into is 100% just either 
I, I guess it's commiserating if you want to, but it's mostly just like how pathetic. Like it is gross, and that's why I originally liked this episode to, to talk about because this is one of the more like genuinely like gross plots on a TV show in a long time. I find it really. That was the other thing I was going to say about this about this scene is the other thing that they're doing in this scene is the guys are betting on Leonard and Penny's relationship, and it's like you know, who thought it was going to burn out this fast, because they've only just had sex the night before, for the first time. It's been a two-season lead-up, yeah. yeah, The whole show's premise lead-up. This is is the start of the, you know, the glorious on-again, off-again, on-again, off-again relationship is, this is is where it starts, and the guys are just, like, quite predictably guy-ish about it, taking bets on it, even though, you know... Um, even Sheldon's in on it, and you yeah, think that, maybe that's, that's, he would be a bit superior about um, it. But even he's in on it. Anytime you say uh, or commiserating, can we please put in uh, commiserating from all the small things? By the <laughs> commiserating, <laughs> please. Uh, you know, can I? Okay. Brief aside. Up until I was like eighteen. I misheard that lyric as "Come measure 18. What does that mean? Because in the in the in the song, it was wait, watching, waiting. Come measure eighteen. What I does thought that mean? I, I don't know. <laughs> measure eighteen. I read music as a child because I played clarinet, Do you and think I think I thought his penis was eighteen inches. No, no, Latoya, Laura, you did not Laura. reach. Say it, fuck you. Okay. So, it, oh god damn it! I just walked right into that damn trap. But so, so I read sheet music. So, come measure eighteen. It was gonna. I don't know. I, I don't know. I overthought things. That is That's, way. I love. I love commiserating is a pretty big word. I don't fuck. Self-titled, untitled. I don't remember. What is uh, happening? Sorry, I was getting into the the, the, the deeper, darker like my two record. Uh, so, I just said the word record. Ugh. Uh, so, <laughs> moving on. I mean, you're just using the language of the biz. <laughs> I'm, the mo- I'm, like, on edge after this stupid episode, so I'm gonna be a little bit loopy. I saw- I'm apologies. As opposed uh, to usually loopy? Yes. <laughs> Even more so. But so, uh, they, they make- That's like Blink-182 stuck in my head. I got Miss You stuck in my head. <laughs> Miss you. Where are you? <laughs> That's like nostalgia of the podcast, and we just play Blink One Eighty Two lyrics. And I, talk I, about I more. I'm so sorry. All right, so <laughs> <laughs> fuck <laughs> you. Damn it, Latoya! <laughs> stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Oh, I hate you! Oh, I hate you! Oh, I'm gonna just play. This is where I'm gonna drop in that creepy line from that one song where it's just a lady talking. <laughs> Okay, that's irrelevant and really neat. Let's move okay, on. Let's do this. <laughs> I'm feeling this, honestly. Oh my God. I hate you guys. I hate oh no, you I just spilled my apple juice. Oh, stop it. <laughs> Down the hall. That's pathetic. Uh, stop it. Okay. <laughs> stop it. You're going to break me. I already went into this. I'm set. Okay. Oh my God. All right. Okay. Um, so, 
the 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 betting over Penny and Leonard having sex scene is is that even really important though? No, it's not. I, I only mention it because there's a point where Raj has to send bouncing naked yum yum night, which is like par for the fucking course with this episode. And they basically are just they're they're livid to find out that Penny and Leonard are not having sex every second of every day because. That's all you should do because if you're that's what, that's if you can have sex, that's all you have to do. Apparently. Which is a creepy, kind of weird sentiment too. Like everything they say is a creepy, kind of weird sentiment. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's like Rush and Howard, the characters. But uh, they basically are just if you're not trying in every second to have sex, you're wasting your time. Is the because you know the guy who does, does not have sex with anyone ever, and the guy who can't talk to girls, they're the people you should be listening to. He literally not talk to girls. And what's weird in this is that, I mean, not, not to get too much into, like, <laughs> character motivations and characters of Big Bang Theory, but I don't understand why Sheldon is betting on that at all, because Sheldon does not care. Why does he only care, yeah. Exactly. It makes, and even later in the episode, he literally just does not care enough to even bother understanding what he insulted them about, so, but I guess he's just never one to care about that. he's a sociopath, you know. <laughs> you know so, how they do. But I, Sheldon does call it out for what it is, is sexual dysfunction, which, of course, everyone's like, Sheldon being Sheldon, quiet, but then it clearly hits a nerve and they realize, oh my god, he's he's serious and and Leonard's reaction proves that it might have been that because he explains their sex was just fine and of course the concept of having sex with someone like Kelly Cuoco and it being just fine is literally impossible so the guys then like try and like get out of him why the hell they would they just they can't even comprehend it and again it's upsetting because they say it's you know it's one thing for you to be bad in bed but for her no fucking way that's it's a thing where people say it's not an insult if it's a compliment. Especially you know. since I'm pretty sure it's after the episode where Sheldon um, says to Penny, I can't remember what the number is, but he calculated the number of men she'd slept with or something. And So gross. Uh, uh, and then Sheldon uh, makes his comment, of course, about Wolverine having bone claws, which, you know... He's, he's right about the bone claws, depending on what comic they're referencing, basically. What era of the comics they're referencing. Right. And the hilarious joke being that the audience is now losing their shit over guys, well, Sheldon in particular, saying that, you know, you spend too much time worrying about sex and too little worrying about comic books. That way, like, arguments like this would stop from happening. Um, and everyone at home is basically just like, oh my goodness, he cares more about comics than sex? What a wacky, wacky guy. And credits. And they... That was actually weird for me watching the credits with only the five of them on the couch. I was like, oh my god, I completely forgot that there was a time where there was only five characters because, of course, now we've got seven. We've got Bernadette and Amy as well, and the ensemble's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and it's just, it's getting out of control. Ew, women. Yeah. It's just, it's out of control. Ew, women. And of course, there's that uh, amazingly uh, hilarious running gag where Penny doesn't even have a last name, which is hilarious, isn't it, guys? Again, this is the show that won't classify the character as having Asperger's because they don't want to box themselves in with that. And, I mean, I don't want to get into it, but people always ask, you know, why she doesn't have a last name and how, you know, it's like some hilarious inside joke among the cast that, like, they don't understand why people will be offended by when it's been broached. Um, but this doesn't play for me, because, like, there's no reason for her to not have a last name, besides her value in the show's hierarchy being so low. Um, and it's not that they can't be characters or people without last names, that's certainly, like, there's always 
a reason for that to happen in certain shows or movies and so on, or real life. Um, it just always has a purpose. There's not, like, it's not, like, incidental that, oops, we forgot, and then we just kept it gone. Because you have people like Parker on Leverage, who is also a young blonde, um, but it it doesn't matter the fact that, like, you know, there's no reason here. It's, it's a cop-out for me to say they just didn't give her a name, because... It's like they made a poor excuse for something and then just stuck with it because they had to. And pretty much the whole show's M.O. is that, but uh, I digress. Um, you know, even every other character, for the record, has, you know, they're not considered, like, a, you know, not-so-average and pointless in the category, but they have a goddamn last name. And a middle name and a d- everything. And a fucking, like, mother's maiden uh, name. Women, have a guess right? while their full genealogy is mapped out by the end of this, like, well, at the end of season like 25. Have but personalities still. and are people. More. I'm so confused. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, you, you're, you're so, so sorry. I'm so sorry. I don't know what I was thinking. Yeah. Um, you cannot so, dream and you um, cannot sleep tonight. I will not. Uh, moving on. Uh, so, <laughs> while eating dinner... Um, they make fun of Penny for being the authority on fine, in heavy quotation marks. I don't know if they actually use them, but it's it's in, implied. Um, since she and Leonard's sex was, as Leonard put it, fine, in quotation marks. Um, so, so like, right in front of everybody, they all just kind of call her out on it. Which, even for Howard and Raj, is, like, it's pretty upsetting. fucking cruel. It's really- at this point, Raj and Howard aren't quite as, like- I mean, later on, they end up knowing the whole thing. Oh, yeah, that's. I'd be out before that point. Oh, that was already too bad. You're not aware. Right. right. And they're not really that quick. It's not even really joking with Raj. It's just Raj's, like, lack of knowledge. Right. And then. And and they're not really trying to criticize her in, in earlier seasons or even, I think, later ones, but for some reason here, like. It's like their chance to take her down a notch, and but the, I mean, like honestly, they were always they always treated her like this, like flawless human angel. And I guess you could try and claim that them having cracks. It's almo- no, it's almost like they're assholes. It's yeah, it is like, like they're assholes. Exactly like they're assholes. Yeah, <laughs> but it, I mean, you could. This would not fly in H two O. Just add water. <laughs> it the would not. Rebel. <laughs> so anyway, well. So anyway, they started on the fact that Leonard Penny had the med- mediocre sex, and Leonard tries to cut them off with this weird little... I, I mean, the joke is obviously the sound that he makes, because Sheldon's reaction to it is pretty ridiculous as well. Um, but he tries to cut he tries to cut them off before they can really, like, you know, cause the drama that, of course, ensues anyway. Um, so he, he stops them with, like, a... <laughs> right. And... Um, so... And, yeah, Shelton and his sociopath ass just... He yeah, Shelton, of course, has no understanding of what tact is. I'm not gonna lie, that's definitely a place where I left. Um, and, um, so he... So he, um... I mean, there's barely a joke there, it's all delivery. And, again, Jim Parsons is really good at physical comedy. I can't help but laugh at it. It's my secret shame. But then, um, it's, it's followed by him explaining in uncomfortable detail what's really going on, why the guys are making fun of Penny, and Penny is understandably mortified by everything and just fucking gets the hell out of Dodge because I would not want to sit there and be treated like that as well. Um, and, and Leonard really doesn't do anything to stop it besides just, you know, running after her after she goes. Like, kick them out of your fucking head. Oh, God. Like, I, got- I don't, mm-hmm. I don't get it. I thought it would be legitimately funny, like, reimagine Sex in the City with uh, Big Bang Theory characters. Oh, why? Oh 
My god. That is- Who's Samantha? That is literally too good yes. for this world. Well, Penny's Samantha, right? She's the only one that has a, enough sex to qualify. But I want- Oh my god, I want Jim Parsons as no, Samantha. he's totally Carrie. Or, well, even or Miranda. But I want to be Carrie because he'll never shut the fuck up. Well, yeah. Well, actually, he's kind of a weird- combination of Carrie, Miranda, and Charlotte. Oh <laughs> my god. He's just him and Penny. I want him to put I, all... You see him around the table and just like cuts to him. Oh my god. Please. There are huge parts of this fandom that would watch You're that. welcome. There are huge swaths of humanity that would watch that. That sounds amazing. How is that not his next Broadway show? <laughs> I don't know, but, um, Jesus, how have we been? So, um, back to the, um, the, the scene, which is completely, or at this point, already out of hand. These people are vile to one another, and it's not, like, a show, like, it's always sunny, where they're all friends, because they're the only people they can all tolerate each other, or they're related, or they're, like, I don't know, mistaking their terribleness for coolness, like the, you know, crickets <laughs> of... <laughs> uh, you're fired again. <laughs> That's three times this episode. <laughs> she deserves it. Uh, but they all genuinely hate each other. Um, especially in this scene and on the show at large by the third season. I'm sure, but even from the beginning, to be honest. But um, and this is still early this is only on. Season it's three, third season. So if they're already hating each other this much, it's like, what is the point of this? And it's even more weird because it's not like it's one of Sheldon's like stupid, you know. I don't get how to converse joke bits where he says something really inappropriate and they have to explain to him why it's rude. Like, you could totally claim that Howard and Raj are a little bit socially inept, but they know what they're doing is re- really mean. Like, they, they see the reaction and they keep laughing even amidst the drama of it all, which is even more mean. And it's it's ridiculous. And it's not just an insult about her. It's about her sex life. Like, it's a really personal thing. And to, to believe that she just, like, would remain friends with them is insane. In life, like, she would tell Leonard, but she'd basically give Leonard an ultimatum, and understandably, like, it's me or them, because they're garbage. Yeah, and I mean, you can claim that uh, her and Sheldon are on more even footing than the rest of them, I guess. Yeah, they have, and they, they have their moments where, of, like, with, yeah. she tries to at least get humanity out of him, and it kind of works. And I think she calls him out on a lot of the stuff that the others don't to a degree, because they're just exhausted with him at this point in their their friendship. Have you quotation marks? She realizes he's um, technically well-meaning. I mean, yeah. I, I wouldn't call him actually well-meaning, but technically, he's not, he doesn't mean offense. Yeah. And, she, well, she has a firmer backhand than the rest of them. <laughs> um, and, I mean, the struggle is, of course, in this scene, though, watching them all sit around, being Howard and Rod especially, being overtly cruel to Penny, and to Leonard to an extent, I mean, especially Penny, but this is where, if you're being rude to me, myself, I mean, you might be able to handle it, but, and I'm sure Penny could technically handle it, but, like, this is your girlfriend, and she's sitting with your friends in your apartment, and they're not, they're guests in your apartment. Kick them the fuck out right now, or at least yell at them. Like, he doesn't really, he he tells them to shut up, but he really just lets her run off because she's embarrassed. Like, I don't understand this kind of behavior at all. But instead of getting rid of them, he just follows her to her apartment and lets them stay there. 
Which, of course, is perfect timing, because then a cricket starts chirping, which is literally the equivalent of how everyone is watching this episode. Um, because now the B-plot, or A-plot... So that needs to be a plot. Uh, that's how we're supposed to teach yeah. the fact that it now Sheldon's not always right. Yeah. Um, and Penny and Leonard, up until this point, they haven't dealt with them having the bad sex. Like, they kind of just mention it to the others, you know, inadvertently. He had called it fine to the guys earlier. She says it's she okay. She calls it okay when he calls it fine. And, I mean, I feel like it's almost what? more of an... It- I was... I, I thought that okay was worse than fine, but I'm not sure on the level... I mean, it depends on your reflection. Words, which one is actually worse. I think... I think okay is worse than fine. Yeah, bottom line is, they both had terrible sex, or at least they're embarrassed by how incompatible they were. Incompatible everyone. Um, and the solution to that is drinking. Lots of drinking. And then, this is a classic Big Bang Theory thing, when they decide to start drinking... When someone mentions something scientific at all, they've got to slam the brakes on the whole fucking episode and recite the whole damn word as it's spelled out in some science book somewhere. Um, and then, so the two of them are talking about wine and oh, how yeah. it affects you when you're drinking and how it's supposed to, like, you know, set the mood. He says that Leonard has to say, no oh, no. about wine. Blah, 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 blah. I should yeah, write it, it was down. white it's noise. I just, like, my it's mind went blank when he started saying it. Yeah, it's like such a, it's like an insane rambling. I should have written, she, she says that if we'd been liquored up the whole time, it would have been better, and he explains that that's like a misnomer because blah, blah, no, blah, I've blah, blah, here. whatever the hell it is. Ethyl, alco- ethyl alcohol inhibits electrical conduction like, in the nerve cells and stimulates reuptake rece- receptors of inhibitory neurotransmitters like gamma that's- aminobutyric acid. And then she says, don't talk, just <laughs> That's drink. ridiculous. Just basically, just say, drinking wine makes your dick soft. Just fucking say it. Just because you know the science version of whatever the fuck you're trying to communicate does not mean you need to talk down to everybody around you. Every scientist knows this. Even if you've got, I mean, Sheldon has actual issues with dealing with communication. Leonard has always been the kind of person who should be able to say, you know, oh, this is kind of condescending. I shouldn't spout out three long, like three sentence long words that are just, you know, my my dick gets soft when I drink too much. Um, but Penny, of course, just hears the white noise that Latoya does, tells him to shut up and drink. Um, and of course, I, I say all that because they're. <laughs> The audience, of course, is losing their fucking minds because these fucking science guys say the darndest sciencey things. And all the while, the cricket scene escalates immediately. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, and, the cricket. Uh, and again, I had a stupid no. fucking laugh because Jim Parsons is Why Jim do Parsons. I associate with you? I don't know. Um, but Jim Parsons being fucking Jim Parsons, he tilts his head to the side, says that he knows based on the ambient temperature of the room and the frequency of the chirps that it's gotta be a snowy tree cricket. Um, Howard, of course, disagrees because everyone's always arguing and hates each other and thinks it's a field cricket or whatever the generic version of a cricket is. Um, <laughs> because they're arguing over fucking crickets on this show. You That's really what we're saw watching. it. You really saw um, it. But, uh, yeah. And uh, here we get the uh, the bet, of course, starting over, you know, which one Fantastic was right. Fantastic Four, Blobby um, Blue. The introduction of the Silver Surfer. Uh, and the terms now have to be uh, the rarest comic books ever are going to be, you know, traded if someone has wrong. Because Sheldon never is wrong. Of course, no credence is paid to the fact that no self-respecting nerd, comic book nerd especially, is going to just start throwing their comic books away uh, over cricket I bets. mean, hey, this bet had me asking one serious question, which is, what do we have to do to get a good Fantastic Four 
franchise on this big screen, people. Let's brainstorm right now in the middle of this podcast episode. <laughs> um, you're not gonna let my answer because it's the cast of the Big Bang Theory <laughs> as the cast of the Fantastic Four. Is that your solution to everything? <laughs> do you think? Uh, um, uh, let's get it on Netflix, guys. Do you think it should be a TV show instead? No, I said Netflix. I'm excited for Jessica Jones on the cage. I'm super excited mm-hmm. for Jessica Jones. But yeah, Fantastic Four TV series. I'll write it. Do it. I mean, the cast of the Big Bang Theory has to style at some point. They'll find time. Do they? Like, do they? Oh my god. The cast of the Big Bang Theory, as the cast of the Fantastic Four, on an HBO show that's a spinoff of Sex and the City. Why is it not already a show? No, we're only doing Big Bang Theory cast with Sex and the City. Oh, there's only two. (laughs) But anyway, they they start drinking with gusto. And the cricket bet is underway. He's not going to be able um, to get it up if he's that drunk. This is... It's it's not taking the edge off drinking. It's not loosening your nerves drinking. It's getting wasted and slobbering on so each other. So why not have sex with each other? Well, that's what it is! They call prepping the oven. And... Uh, Alright. Well, <laughs> uh, and then there's the other... One of my... The rare laughs of the episode. Um, when... They call Sheldon chicken, and he assures him the chickens are not timid at all. He explains that he was once chased up a tree in his aunt's backyard by a chicken, and when Raj says to him that chickens can't climb trees, he makes the most serious like expression possible and just says, thank God. And it just tickles me. I cannot help it. So then we get more of Leonard a Penny, which... Well, at this point, it's, it's gross. drinking. Uh, it, it is gross. Honestly, they I think it meant to be grotesque. And we should... Really have an intervention episode. That's why we should have been watching the intervention. We we cannot watch an episode of intervention. Are you out of your mind? Wait, do we actually do we have the party of five intervention episode on our list? I think so. I mean, it's it's not a terrible episode of television, but it's very important, and I just want to insult Matthew Fox. But I was yeah, yeah, I met your mother. But I know we'll put that on there too eventually. But let's have a let's have an intervention month. Let's just do that. That's a good episode, like, though. We it, can't do that. Yeah. That's what I was thinking, too, but it's good. Well, yeah, we have to do crappy things or just, like, something that's as out of control as the Party of Five ones. So it's, like, an episode of Intervention. Maybe that episode... <laughs> we are not doing an episode of Intervention. We cannot make fun of real people hitting rock bottom. That would be the darkest thing we ever do. Darker than this episode of Big Bang Theory. Um, but so, Leonard and Penny are just so drunk at this point, they're, like, kind of smushing their faces together, and I really only say that because it's, like, it's, it's, it makes, they make noises, and it's just not, it looks disgusting. And I'm not even saying this, like, as a judgment against, I didn't even film it this way on purpose. And, like, their hair is all sticky and gross. It's like they, they, they remember one of those, uh, the acting tools, uh, rules, which is basically that when you're playing drunk, the whole key to that is pretend you're basically not be playing drunk. You're trying, because when you're drunk, you don't want to pretend you're drunk, obviously. You want to be, like, trying to be like, oh, I'm totally sober. Like, they do the exact opposite of that. Anyone who's ever taken an acting class, they <laughs> were probably furious. Yeah. And and speaking of classic acting rules. Would you say eight simple rules? No. Rip. Um Horrible. so they're all trying There was no need for that. They're all trying to get out of the closet. Um which oh sorry, the Raj Howard and Sheldon are all trying to get out of the closet at once cuz we got some hilarious physical gags. Not the two people who are drunk. Yeah, the, the other people. people. Um, they're all trying to get out at the exact same time, but they get stuck because there's three of them, and it's like a Buster Keaton sketch or something, but just really bad. Um, and they all try one more- 
Physical comedy! Also... <laughs> Lauren, please explain to me what physical comedy is. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, it is. It's so depressing. And, and they all try, so you know, one more time to, to go through, and they still just keep getting stuck every time. And um, and later on, there's obviously Raj says something about the Indian food. I'm surprised we didn't have a whole thing with Like, didn't agree with his stomach, because that's just another funny, funny joke. Yes. Because Raj is Indian, and he can't eat Indian food. Um, and I don't remember half the jokes, but that one just stuck out as especially, like, ridiculous. Um, and they eventually hear the cricket in the abandoned elevator, so they move to the hallway. Um, and Sheldon... Somehow Sheldon is the one that suggests that he should go down the shaft and look for it? Which does not make sense at all for Sheldon. I just... I blanked out everything that was happening. I just remember him going down the yeah, elevator Sheldon, shaft. Sheldon wanted it open... And, and Howard's like, are you crazy? And Sheldon's Sheldon's like, oh, well, you know, that means you're giving up. So that means I win, which is his way of resolving. He would never, there's, it makes no sense for him to want to go down there. It's not in his kind of, I mean, I don't know, the character growth on the show, who even knows? But he, I don't think he was the kind of person that would just be like, I'll jump down an elevator shaft. Yeah. No. He would at least, like, have someone else do it. He wouldn't do it. He'd make one of the others do it. He'd probably make Raj do it, or he'd go and or he'd go and knock on Penny's apartment door and try and get or, Leonard or to make come Penny out. do it. Um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, it make, it makes zero sense that he would just be like, "Okay, I'll be cool with going down here." Bye, guys. Which he basically does. Um, and then, full disclosure, some of my enjoyment of Jim Parsons is physical, um, and he is enormously tall. So when him and Howard start like threatening each other, he stands up like in front of them, and he's just like suddenly like, "Oh my god." If he was not Sheldon, he could probably take him out of fight. Um, but he's still pretty threatening, even as Sheldon. And um, it's kind of vaguely intimidating, which is weird. Um, but the two of them are kind of exchanging barbs, and Howard, you know, threatens him, like, hey, I took years of kung fu, and uh, kung if fu. it were anybody else, I'd expect Sheldon to just be like, yeah, yeah and I can, I can throw a punch. But instead, we kind of just get, like, a, a glorified backstory of, like, his sister and brother were really, like, you know, bullies, and they used to beat up on him so he knows his way around a fist or something um and I mean I don't really buy that he's gonna you know start I don't buy that he's gonna start like fighting them but he certainly looks like he could take Howard at least you know even if he just tried to like you know kick him or something he's got long legs and Howard's, um, Howard's and so tiny no I feel like I he refused to ever it learn how to throw a punch like, if he beat him up he knows how to take a punch I could see him giving a really so good shot. he could push someone down the stairs <laughs> Lauren. Oh, Lauren. Um, so, anyway, it's, um... I pushed them all down the stairs. Every single one of them. And and then we go back to where it's, like, super upsetting to see, you know, your two leads acting so aggressively drunk. Because it's not that, like, that's a problem for people to be aggressively drunk. There are plenty of characters that are hilarious drunk. That's, like, part of what comedy and physical comedy is on sitcoms. Like, you know, Ted Mosby, of course, is famously not only tolerable, enjoyable while drunk. <laughs> um, and here you have the and opportunity to be like that. acting but... for acting drunk? Right. And there are moments where, you know, like, Ted Mosby, he's over the top. So he's he's, like, he's, he's, he's like, I'm not drunk. Right now. I'm not. Exactly. And... But instead, we and then the next moment he's like shushing people, trying to act sober. But here you got Penny and Leonard who are like making fun of the word schnapps, and literally like a second away from drooling. Like great TV, guys! Great TV. 
Um, and all the while, Sheldon is still down the elevator shaft because he's now, you know, decided to go into the extreme, you know, searching for the cricket phase where he is alone in a darkened <laughs> elevator shaft looking for this thing. Not the damn cricket. And when they finally do find a goddamn cricket, it happens off screen. So I don't even know why we sat there and watched all of this because it literally was pointless. If we're not even gonna watch the cricket be found, I want to get back to uh, the very romantic scene between Leonard and Penny comforting one another while they puke That's into romance. toilet sinks simultaneously. See, I, I just find that as yeah, friendship. very romantic. I mean, when you're 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 puking in the toilet. And your friend is puking in the, the sink. That's just friendship right there. That's that's the last year for Valentine's Day for me. <laughs> Aw. Um, but it's like the scene from Bridesmaids, but just not no, funny that, at yeah, all. That's, or that's even remotely well acted. <laughs> and there are scenes like this that are well acted and written on better, funnier shows. Because this is just such a hammy sitcom version of it that it comes across as just so shallow and pointless because Leonard's in there puking Penny walks in barely says oh honey are you okay before she like gets out of line about how oh you can't hold your liquor but then of course you know you know having said that she gets punished by having to puke herself but this time into the sink because he's already you know occupying the toilet he gets up to comfort her but and her puking triggers him to puke like, more and then mm. they're both t- like to simultaneously compared to like one of my favorite happy endings like one of the running gags was like if a character would start like dry heaving or puking and make yeah, another yeah. character start like you know dry heaving or puking and that's the whole thing and it's just so much right. better so so much better but uh then we get back to the cricket bullshit <laughs> Uh, where they decide to visit an expert for their opinion on what kind of cricket it is because they cannot decide amongst themselves, even though they both are. Well, you know, my whole thing was like uh, for the next thing was when they were arguing, like, why don't they just see an entomologist? Which I was, I, I was actually happy that they did go see an entomologist about this because neither, like, what is it? It's physics and what is Howard's specialty? It's, it's not physics, right? He's an engineer. Yeah. So like, and Howard's an engineer and. They can do an eye test, but they're not the experts on bugs anyway. And Howard pulls out this, like, ancient encyclopedia, and we're supposed to believe that three grown men who are quote-unquote nerds don't automatically just hop on the internet to debate this thing? I do not, for a second, understand... Oh, no, Lord, they don't have the internet in Pasadena. Under- <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, never mind. Um, but... In, in the meantime, they've named the cricket Toby. Depends on who you ask. Which is where, of course, we get the episode title Which, from. That right? ring falls to me, honestly. That ring falls to me. You you don't think Sheldon's a Disney boy? No, because he doesn't have a soul. <laughs> and meanwhile, Leonard shows up all drunk and hungover and gross and expects everybody to just <laughs> 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 misery. Um, but he, he says, I could throw a rock in this room and find better friends. Um, but, like, I mean, how do you expect them to act like, you know, you're the fucking cat's pajamas when you're all cranky and hungover, and they just want to steer clear of you, because they have their own lives, which you walked out on last night, and even though they're shitty plans, um, and he never even brings up how he's feeling, he doesn't walk in saying, like, oh, I'm feeling terrible. They're not mind readers, they can't know why you're being, like, a bitch in the morning. Like, he needs to tell them, like, oh my god, guys, I had the worst night. Like, he just, he's like, oh, I have terrible there friends. Was, like, well, you have terrible friends, because you never communicate. Really no one talks to anybody here. With, Sh- with Sheldon, um, 
because they're like asking Leonard what happened, which obviously shit happened. Um, and Sheldon goes, mm-hmm. obviously another carnal fiasco with the Shiksi goddess and how it's like Shiksa. And Sheldon goes, forgive me, Yiddish was not spoken in East Texas, and if it was, it wasn't spoken for long. And I'm like, how dare you? Like, what the That's fuck? Very, it's, it was a very upsetting so line. I mean, like, oh, God. It actually, Sheldon, honestly, it is. Sheldon, why does anyone... It honestly just reminded me of the racism. Ridiculous. Like, uh, I know Guys Charles has spoken about during his time on Friday Night Lights, like, just being in East Texas. It was not a good time for him, because, ugh. They're not a very welcoming bunch. Yeah, he's garbage. Sheldon, born and raised in Galveston. <laughs> um. So anyway, they Professor head over Crowley, to the entomology department which I feel to see like Lewis Black, the, the professor, and he comes episode, in like already. The entire purpose of the cricket B plot was so that they could make a joke about how he was called Creepy Crawly in high school. Like th- that's the whole oh, reason yeah, they definitely. wrote this episode. And Lewis Black comes in already yelling because he was just fired. Uh, he thinks they're vultures coming into his office. And it's a terrible episode, and it's... the jokes are terrible, but I also... The plot is I can't even lie, I also laughed at the, the cricket, the introduction the cricket, to... Um, cricket is, and then try to have sex, oh no, too drunk. That, those are the plots of this... <laughs> Um, but, um, but so anyway, so Raj gets, like, a good look at everything in the room, which is just, like, tarantulas, centipedes or something, crickets, probably, <laughs> as a little in their hand. I was just like, I just a bunch of insects and gross so stuff. So cute! So cute! So cute! <laughs> good God, Australia. So the joke that, the joke that more the joke that Moore is trying to get to is actually my favourite line in the episode, so... Raj basically just goes like a shudder because he's creeped out by bugs and uh, Sheldon says to him, which is I don't know why I find it so funny, but I do uh, you're afraid of women and insects ladybugs must render you catatonic it's It's such a dumb joke it's it's so dumb I don't I I, I do too, I can't help it I cannot help it um you shouldn't, I wouldn't I wouldn't speak to me either but then they follow that line up with, like, the crazy racist uh, nonsense where Louis Black takes one look at Raj after he yells at them for all being Bangalore. in his office and says, and what's your deal? Are they outsourcing my job to Bangladesh or Bang- Bangalore? And it's, like, the craziest, like, wh- first of all, I can't believe Louis Black agreed to, to make that kind of a joke. I guess he's just playing a character, but fucking yikes again. Like, I do not get it. And... Again, Regina King I mean, was in more than one episode of the series. Take, well, and Regina King is show. phenomenal. And she it's, has to keep putting up again, with Sheldon's shit. A post-Southland world. <laughs> You're Thank welcome. Thank you for bringing the knowledge of the show after I had quit How do you think I felt watching it? Um, I would not be that strong. Uh, so, I can imagine. Uh, so... We have Lewis Black now agreeing with Howard because, um, you know, it, it is a field cricket to him. And the problem you have now is that you've got an actor like Lewis Black who's just, like, intense Good and word. excitable and just generally apoplectic kind of guy. Um, 
it's true. He's a he's a nutcase, basically, is the the character he's playing and the character he plays in most of his comedy. Um, and that's what he's here for, is to, he's not lending himself to the kind of person who's taken seriously, because it's a, it's a sitcom, that's the idea, but when he's screaming at, like, the tip of a hat at any given moment, like he is in this episode, at the sight of the three of them, um, it's almost like the minute that Sheldon sort of says, like, are you sure, are you sure that this is a field cricket? What's like, funny about, like, every scientific thing they ever like, say? Of course it's a field cricket! How would I not know what a field cricket is? And then, I mean, it seems to me, like, I don't think he's actually, like, really being defensive. I think he really thinks it is a field cricket, and then he just gets offended. But you can't even take it totally seriously, because there's a way to interpret that where, besides making fun of the name Toby, which, of course, happens, um, it sort of almost seems like maybe he's just, like, fucking with the guys, which is just, I mean, I would do that, too. I get it. But it's just, it doesn't lend itself to having a clear conclusion, which is the whole point of this whole bet, is this supposed to be, like, Sheldon learns to be wrong, it becomes just kind of like, ah, eh, Sheldon's wrong. Like, that should have been a whole plot to an episode where they actually, like, you know, let that hit home so that he hopefully would, you know, I, he's not going to grow as a character, but, you know. But anyway, so I would at least have somebody else, you know, take a look at it. But um, moving on from that, um, then we have Sheldon getting the Flash comic um, out of his safety deposit box because he lost the bet, as, you know, Lewis Black proved. And, um... When he meets Penny at the mailboxes, he explains that he lost he yeah, lost the bet in a he lost the the uh, flash I think yeah in a ill fated cricket wager which is just annoyingly adorable and I hate it <laughs> and I have a lot of personal shame. I don't for that understand fact. what you're um, talking so, about. It's just, uh, it's just uh, how much I, you guys like defend this show? <laughs> it's just I hate it. I literally like watching one episode. Or any episode, it's just like Stockholm syndrome instantly, where I always forget. Like, you're oh, never why, like the there's ever again. in here that are, are watchable, and then <laughs> no, it's terrible. Oh my god, uh, me or Lauren? Uh, but uh, the Penny thinks that he's uh, talking about Wee Cricket when he says the ill-fitted cricket wager, which is kind of a weird joke to make, but also kind of adorable. Um, and they go from this like broad comedy to these little moments, which again makes no sense to me because the way that she says a wee console, it's just such an inside. I don't know. It just it's weird to me that they would go from these like huge old fashioned beats to like slightly more. I don't know. I mean, it's not. I wouldn't call it, like well, modern because we is just you know whatever. That, but um, who knows? It's just be weird. Talking about actual the guys actually going out and playing physical sport because that would be crazy. So I think that's what she's assuming. Well, that that's that would what be she's crazy. Assuming. And and he tells her not to worry because, you know, the whole Leonard, Leonard sex thing and the awkwardness, because at this point she seems pretty devastated by it. Um, and he says just because they had I bad mean, sex... I I'm mean, sure the sex was worse friends. than her, like, her acting um, ability. Which, I mean, the character's you know, acting ability, honestly. I'm talking about the character wrong. at this point. <laughs> I mean, I'm... Sure, sure. Come on, guys, I'm not going to be we afraid to say Kelly Coco is a terrible actress. But at this point, I'm saying that Penny is a terrible actress. Who's trying to make it big in Pasadena. That always felt like it should have been, like, a running joke on the show. That she, like, accidentally moved to the wrong city. And then just, that's why she couldn't become an actor. Like, she's literally... At, she owns a car. She Is she driving so a car to and from Pasadena to Hollywood? I really think it would be cheaper here to get a one-bedroom apartment in Pasadena. Yeah. But, like, no. Just get, like, a shitty, shitty studio. Or be a roommate with someone. The show's, the show's economics exist outside of normal space <sighs> and reality. 
And so he, you know, she explains to him about the bad sex. He tells her that they'll just remain friends. And then when he realizes he might have misread the situation and said something he shouldn't have said, he, you know, adjusts to not giving a fuck, even though earlier he did. Because he's a sociopath. It's almost like he's going back. It's like he's reset the factory settings. What I kind of wondered was, like, um, when she says that, you know, we, we can just be friends, does he think that that means, you know what, we can try sex all the time, like, we can keep trying to have sex, but we can always I don't think go he, back to being friends. Considering how it's, like devoid of knowledge of things these people are as like human beings, I don't think he was thinking that, honestly. I'm giving yeah, him too much right. credit. Um, and of course, once Penny relays all this information back to Leonard later on, it spurs them into oh, yeah, like, it saying it out yes. loud that they might not have they might have not have the compatibility that they wanted <laughs> leads her to and leads them both to just making out. And so I guess you're supposed to be like, oh, the now the sex is going to be great. It's not even good enough. To, it's not even like terrible uh, enough to make me feel emotions. It's it's trash. So that was the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> it happened, guys. I don't think anyone handled it okay. I know I handled it okay. I don't know about you. Let's get yeah, to the fucking I'll plug, uh, mom. Uh, uh, I'm also going to plug Blink-182's entire discography, because, yeah, obviously. Even the, pre- even the pre-Trappist music, I mean, it's good stuff. I mean, damn it is pre-Trappist, and so Ooh, is Josie, we'll and those are two classic songs. I think even Apple Shampoo is pre-Trappist. It's, it's pretty good stuff. Yeah, so we Blink-182's pretty great. Let's let's stop hating. Let's stop being hating yeah, punks, people. Just embrace the Blink-182 love. I mean, people don't take Blink-182 seriously, but... Dude Ranch was one of the first CDs I bought. It's not like it's Bob Car Racer or Angels and Airwaves, people. Calm down. Um, those are both classic American yeah, bands. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know what you're talking about. Above box, box um, although I was a no. teen at the time, and I, yeah, and I was a teen at the time, but I, and I was all about it. But it's really it's like the Blink Men. The simple plan theory. Terrible life. They were 25 at the point where like, hey, Dad, look at me, and their dad, and his dad was the goddamn tour bus driver. So. <laughs> do you oh my god do you think that they were they would go to shows and he'd be singing like me. hey dad look at me and, and he'd be like yes son and he's just like oh no dad just practice with the show tonight well, yes, so I, I support you 100% uh, so I can also promote yes simple plans <laughs> no pads no helmets literally well. I drive your I drive your pants album as well <laughs> After, after the first Simple Plan album, ah. what's the point, honestly? Uh, I mean, Jesus. I understand the second album has Untitled, How Can This Happen to yeah, Me, but true. really, and Welcome to My Life, but after that, no, and then even after that, we have that, Another that song with Natasha Bedingfield that we watched the music video for. So, oh my uh, God. I guess I can also promote myself. You can find me at, at Twitter, at, yeah. at Lefergs. I'm always talking about shit. I just... As of this recording, I was yeah. able to write about Boy Meets World and Fox's Skin, which we talked about in a previous episode of both of these shows. Yeah, so it's all com- it's all coming true. I still need to watch all of Gossip Girl again, because I'm going to be writing about that eventually. So be on the lookout for that nonsense. Dad. Jesus. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Um, I want to plug 
Um, awesome. And Lauren, what's up with you? Season 2, episode 18, the work song Nanocluster, because it's You're infinitely... You're from, from this entire podcast. Again. Cause it's, because it's infinitely better than this episode. And um, you can get me on Twitter, Ali B. Mitchell, and also on my website, laurenmitchell.net. I've actually got... Um, I've now got two books available for pre-order, so one of them's got relationships in it that kind of aren't dysfunctional, so if you want to like read about awesome. non-dysfunctional if you like relationships... To read, get your shit together there's... and read Lauren's book. <laughs> I feel like this. It is. It is. It is yeah. set in Australia, so there's you know there's, there's still some drinking involved, but it's less. I also like to plug H2O just had water <laughs> and Claire Holt and PB Tompkins entire careers. Well, <laughs> I mean, I'll plug those too. Oh, yeah, also wrong. plugging margaritas. I'll put. I will put. <laughs> I will put mermaids in my next book just for you, Latoya. <laughs> I. I mean, as long as you just dedicate to me, it's fine enough. You and mermaids just dedicated to me. Aww. <laughs> hey, the Dad, look at I'm me. I'm that down. <laughs> I love it. Amazing. Did I turn out? <laughs> hey, Mer Dad, look at me. <laughs> um, and as always, I am at Marie on Twitter. Um, thanks, Lauren. Uh, and then the next week of the show will be the Sopranos. I finally get to watch the Sopranos episodes besides the pilot. Um, it'll be season four, uh, episode three, Christopher. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Uh, and then we will, uh, you know, always be on Twitter at the Televoid. You can email us at thetelevoid at gmail.com. Rate, subscribe, review us on iTunes. Um, but in the meantime, thanks for wandering into Televoid, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.